Welcome to the Foreigners and Fathers podcast, where two nerdy parents take on the quest of parenthood. This is a podcast where we will share and compare experiences when it comes to life as immigrants, new parents, and some other things in between. Welcome to episode 13, MMORPG. Such a long initialism. Um, uh, how are you, Bruno? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Um, a little bit uh, tired because we're still sick in the household. So that's, You're sick in the that's household? That's been a thing. Yeah, hmm. mostly baby. But I feel like I've listened to you say that for like a few episodes now. Well, it's been like three months now. I don't know what's like. We take her to the doctor and the doctor is just like, it's a cold, ill past, nothing to do. I don't want to prescribe anything because she's a baby. So, right. yeah. Right. So, so MMORPG, obviously you and I know what it means, but not everyone does. So MMORPG stands for Massive Multiplayer Online Role Playing Game, uh, which is a long way of saying that it is a game where uh, people play online together, essentially. And the reason why it's today's, uh, the, the theme of today's episode is because we're actually going to have some guests that are going to talk to us. But just before we get to that, and just before we get to the guests, there's something very important that I want to ask you. And that is, what's new with Nim? Uh, she loves cooking, man. She, she loves she's cooking. She's obsessed with cooking, yeah. Obviously, she doesn't cook for real. But she, when she's done eating, or just before she, we put her to eat and her hygiene... Right. Right. She loves going to the... We have like this little cube in the kitchen where we put our, our sauces, uh, so like condiments, and she loves okay. to grab them, and then you have to take her over to a pan, and she shakes it on top of the pan, like... And that's, wow. that's the latest thing she loves. And, and she and she absolutely... The other day, she did it for like 15 minutes. Poor Holly looked like she was in a rally race, just going up and down, changing sauces, and she was just like... And she proper laughs, so she actually does love it. So yeah, that's that's what new uh, in 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 Nimnin's world. But what about Nico? Anything any anything new? Yeah, Nico's doing my taxes. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I mean no, not, nothing like that. I mean uh, there is something new, but not quite as advanced i guess like cooking that that's that's quite something no he's uh we feel like he's almost walking to be honest uh, really? because oh yeah, yeah 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 like he he actually stands up for quite a few seconds now and even in nursery when we picked him up like one of the uh, people at nursery she was saying that um that she feels like he's probably going to be walking soon um so yeah and just normal just moving a lot i just feel like the more he grows the more energy he has you know what i mean it, it's just been kind of crazy like that i mean you say no advance and then you hit me up with his almost walking that's really freaking advance yeah I, it's not cooking is it i mean, I next, mean Nim next Nim episode also not cooking she's playing to cook. i know it's i know, I know. i'm joking doing I'm I'm joking, I'm joking. But uh, I don't know, at the rate that she's going, next episode you're going to say, oh, you know, I just ate an omelette or something that she did, and uh, or some tacos. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, if she could, she would be doing it already. You'd think I wouldn't take the free time? 
but yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So, uh, just going back a little bit to uh, to the episode and the theme of today's episode, as I briefly uh, spoiled earlier, uh, this is a guest episode, and this is quite an important one. And the reason why I said it's it's some where there are multiple players is because for the first time today we're going to be talking to other people uh, one of whom both of them are fathers and one of them is also a foreigner and we felt like that would be really really good because uh, you know we've been talking quite a lot about ourselves but something that you Bruno specifically have touched upon a few times is that our experiences are just one set of experiences but not everyone has the same um, so it is important to understand understand what sort of experiences other people have, whether it's because they're actually British or maybe it's because they uh, also were foreigner and they might have something completely different. Or we might find throughout these episodes that actually their experience was very similar to ours, which I guess is reassuring in a way. Um, but that's the theme of today. Uh, so we have two guests. Uh, one of them, uh, the first one is someone that uh, who can empathize with us a lot. Uh, he's in a very similar situation. Um, even before he came to DK, he was already a melting pot of ancestry uh, genes from Italy uh, and Greece, and uh, maybe he's going to tell us even more today. And this is our excellent friend, uh, Yanis. And uh, the other person that we have with us is uh, someone whose optimism and kind-heartedness are so immense it becomes slightly annoying even because he's just so nice. And he would offer you his right arm if you were to ask nicely. He's not a, fair, he's not a foreigner, but he has a most appreciated perspective, and that is of a British father. And uh, his name is Elliot. Uh, so uh, let's start in the order that I introduced you both. Uh, so Yanis, uh, do you want to uh, say some words about yourself? Hello, everyone. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me here, guys. So my name is no Yanis. Um, I am 39 years old and a half Italian, half Greek, as you have mentioned before. And what to say, I've been I've been knowing these two guys, uh, Pedro and Bruno, since um, it's been four years old, uh, four years now. I've uh, been introduced um, to them through Elliot, so let's say that the circle is closing now with with this episode. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. We're all here, and what else? I well, I'm a bit nerdy, as you can imagine. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been invited here. I think. <laughs> my, I like video games, but I'm also a self-taught guitar player. Uh, I was playing in heavy metal bands when I was going to high school and I was like as well playing with uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I was like a bit like that guy from Stranger Things. I was going to say, season. so you're Eddie Ma Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I, I was feeling that, yeah. Do you relate to him a lot? Yes, I think when I, when I, especially the first episode of the series, when I saw it, I was like, hold on, that's me. That's me, minus the ridiculous haircut, but that's me. Um, that's amazing. Um, what else? Nothing. That's, that's me, guys. That's me. I, I mean, that's, from, a, that's um, a lot. Stranger that's things. a lot already, isn't it? Like, I uh, was going to say, oh, nothing else. Guitarist. I was like, jeez. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. That was, that was good, wasn't it? Like, good, on, good on you, Yanis. Yeah, my name is. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having us on, guys. I really appreciate it. Hello, everybody that's listening. Um, my name's Elliot. I'm 32 years of age, 
Um, I've, known, I've known the guys as long as Yanis has. Um, really happy that I'm, I introduced Yanis to the guys as well. It's always nice to to see uh, you know a friendship fluctuate through other friendships and a natural friendship as well um, through common hobbies and common interests. So uh, yeah, really really nice to you know that we're all still hanging out. Um, so I've known them quite a while. Um, my hobbies and interests. Oh, I love a bit of gardening. I've got um, green fingers. I enjoy gardening. Um, I enjoy video games. Oh, I just love everything about Dungeons and Dragons, reading, um, graphic novels. I wasn't massively into Dungeons and Dragons before I met Bruno and Pedro. However, they turned me to the dark side. And uh, <laughs> I, I know, I fo- honestly, I thoroughly, I, I jumped into it. It was so worrying for me because I was just like, is this just going to be too much? Like, I don't know. I don't know how far I can go into nerd nerdism. Is is it that's a word? But yeah, I, I I went into it and I, I haven't looked back. Um, and uh, and yeah, that's that's me. That's that's a little bit. Of me, cool. Right? Yeah, no, that that was really good. I I, I like the part where you said that it was just like, uh, is this too much? You know, but you know what's good. You know what's good is that uh, as we were just touching on it, uh, series like Stranger Things and everything, it really helped normalize stuff like D and D. Like people don't look at it as as they used to, which is like something too yeah. nerdy or even demon like or anything. Now it's been more like, oh yeah, it's that thing from that that TV series that I watch. Yeah, that's okay. That's normal. Those kids were being bullied, so you know they're they're quite okay. So yeah. Yeah, I used cool. to play yeah. War, Warhammer, so it wasn't too far off that. But ah, it wasn't too far off with the no. stories. Yeah, but even so, you know. Look at you saying like, "Oh, I don't know if D and D is gonna be too nerdy." Says the guy playing <laughs> Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not as expensive. Let's just put it that way. It's definitely not as expensive. Yeah, that massively threw me off. Uh, ever trying Warhammer, I was just like, "Nope, can't afford it." Especially back in Portugal, where it, it felt even more expensive. So. Yeah. So we have a few questions that we ask of every guest, um, and that is just kind of like setting a baseline for everyone and seeing how the experiences compare. Um, so I'm going to start uh, with this one. I'll, I'll start by Yanis again, uh, because that's also the order that I've got it here. Um, so the question is, uh, why sorry, just did you... Before we do that, Pedro, I yeah? just want to comment, because I, I found it fascinating. That, Go for well, it. first and foremost, these guys have... If we're going to continue with the allegory, they have more XP than us. They've been parents for longer. <laughs> that's that's longer true. I like it. Time. But yeah, not, yeah. not only that, just as Nimnim and Nico are very close in in age, so are your kids. They're also they were born really close together, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. I, I really remember the moment where. You know, um, I learned that I was my wife was expecting, and um, you know, the first twenty weeks you don't even you don't say that aloud around very much because yeah, not you never much, know. Yeah. Um, so don't remember why, but for some reason um, I grabbed Elliot aside yeah. and I said, "Oh, Elliot, actually, I need to confess you something, but keep it keep it between us." You know, my my wife is expecting. He was like, "Oh no, really? Uh, sorry, <laughs> but I need to tell you something else." My, my my partner, she's expecting as well. It's been a few weeks now. It was like, "Holy crap!" And, um, so yeah, yeah, it started all like this. 
And just just to set the baseline as well, so Yanis, you you've got the one kid, and Elliot, you've got two now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's <laughs> I I don't. Oh yeah, yeah. Your immediate reaction is to laugh, and yeah, with a bit of a sigh. I I, I get you. I get you. <laughs> um. So yeah, going back a little bit uh, to the questions that we asked. So the first one, uh, Yanis, I've got for you is, um, why did you decide to come to the UK, and when did you get here? Okay, so. Um... Let's say that the idea has been brewing in my head for a while. Um, it started roughly when I took my, my degree. Uh, it was 2008 and we mm. were, I was living in Italy, in Rome, and I just completed three years of um, organizational psychologist. So I just came out into the market um, looking for jobs and stuff. But 2008, you remember, there was yeah. a, a bad, bad, bad uh, financial crisis. So I told myself, mm, this is maybe not the right moment for me. Let's head back to the university and uh, do a master's degree. You know, in, in, in this couple of years, two, three years, the market would have been, you know, improving and, and there would be more uh, jobs for me. But you know, at the end of those three years with a master's degree, um, couldn't find anything decent because, let's face it, it Italy is in a decline. Um, I, I can relate very much with, um, with your experiences in terms of uh, working culture and working conditions. Let's say Italy is halfway yeah. between, between Mexico and Portugal. Um, after all, we'll, we're all pigs, aren't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, basically I knew deep inside of me that there was something um, that I was going to pursue my life. It was going to be abroad. And I've always been traveling a lot. I've always been like open-minded in terms of uh, cultures and, um, and languages and stuff. So... To me it was kind of a natural step let's say during the last year of uni while i was writing the thesis and preparing for the master i had the opportunity to travel a bit around europe to um, visit friends um, they were expats and um, kind of the idea was to explore and find the next place for me where to move to and I okay. came to Brighton because I have um, I have two there were two friends back then uh, from my hometown one of them was my best friend from school and um, he was always praising this place a lot he um, so I went to visit him twice in 2010 and then in 2012 and I really enjoyed this place and it just I had so much fun I had a good vibe and the other um, finalist was Berlin, but Berlin is a big city. I had enough of a big city. I needed to start from scratch in terms of language and um, yeah, as a I was going to say. in terms of, of German isn't easy. No, <laughs> it's not easy. I was quite fluent in English back then, so I'd say. Um, I think right you still are. I think most still of the boxes. <laughs> so, sorry, you I still think are, you still but... are very fluent in English. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I haven't forgotten for sure. Um, <laughs> so Brighton was tick ticking most of the boxes. They, they, you know, my friends told me that it was quite easy to find a 
decent job. Uh, the weather wasn't too bad. There's the sea. There's a nice Sussex life. And um, I said, okay, why not? So I started to prepare myself. And I, um, January 2013, I arrived here with a huge military backpack full of stuff, one small luggage. And I, um, I didn't go to the hostels, guys. Now this will be shocking <laughs> to you, but I've been. Um, I had a place reserved in my friend's couch. Uh, couch, sorry. And, what? Um, so you're telling me I... that you can move to another country without first passing through a hostel? Yeah, exactly. But we will get there. The hostel will pop up in uh, okay, uh, okay, okay, okay. Okay. this conversation. Don't worry. Um, so yeah, yeah, I slept one month uh, on a sofa in a living room, um, which you know it has its pro has its cons it's free but it's uncomfortable and um, so when my friends were waking up early i had to wake up you know but that's fine it's it's just one month um, are you still in touch with them yeah yeah of course i'm still in touch one of them has moved back uh, to italy but the other one is here and he is a foreigner and a father so ah, there we go. here we are yeah interesting and, and then this is it. This is how I started my, my new life in, uh, in Brighton. Good. Thank I mean, you. it's definitely a new perspective, isn't it, Bruno? Yeah, for sure. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm still uh, in shock that you can do it without <laughs> passing through a hostel. That's, that's <laughs> world-breaking news for me right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you can do it next time, Bruno. <laughs> yeah, ne next trip, next life-changing trip, I know not to go to a hostel. <laughs> just need to get friends there first yeah and what about you Elliot because you're not you weren't born in Brighton were you no I was born in um, in a town just about 25-30 minutes away called Shoreham by Sea um, it's a little fishing fishing town lots of nice churches and elderly people and the airport and the airport yeah <laughs> and would you would you would you ever consider emigrate like would you move to another country like what would you make you emigrate if anything in a heartbeat um it's constantly oh. it's constantly on my mind um i would absolutely love to there's two places that i would move to in a heartbeat if i could now i say if i could it's more the fact that i'm happy to do it um alice my wife she has a lot of family um in the uk and they're yeah. very very close so the yeah. difficulty for her would be is the, the difficulty would be is that she would miss them um and she sees them quite a lot so for us to emigrate yeah. i think it would just it'd be too difficult for her um and you know i'm i respect that and i it is one of those things it's like i would like let's just let's just list it off so barcelona would be yeah i was going places to that you, I would yeah. love to emigrate to the second one would be Australia and Australia because that's where my ancestry is and I've got a lot of family that live out there as well. Mm, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we, the, the Sidaway family, um, so to speak, we had a, um, a gentleman in the family called Robert Sidaway and he decided to steal nine guineas from number eight Downing Street. <laughs> and he got caught halfway through trying to get the safe open and um he got uh yeah he was he was he was in cuffs put on a ship and sent over to australia 
and, uh, yeah, as you do. And the rest is history. <laughs> that you is made our way back. <laughs> that is amazing. I love it. I love it. But I would, um, have, I would, I would have loved to have emigrated, and, I, and I, you know, it's still on the cards. It's still on the cards when the kids are a little bit older, maybe, and you know, Alice and the elderly, the grandparents, for example, may not be here anymore. That kind of thing. We might look <laughs> at that, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I would love to to start. What, what an amazing thing to do, and what an adventure as well. I think you know that side of it as well. Just the excitement of starting everything from scratch. It's a clean slate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair enough, fair enough. That's amazing. Yeah, fair enough. I didn't know the, anything about uh, what you've been saying, so that came a, as a new information for me. And I didn't know you come from from a pedigree family of of first generation <laughs> Australian. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is really really cool. Um, so there is a question. So the, the first couple of questions were depending on your circumstances, obviously. But there are the next couple of questions are something that uh, apply to either of you. Uh, so I think let's let's continue on this role that we have. If you want to answer, Elliot. And the question, the next one is, uh, what is the best piece of advice that you have for the next generation? So we put it as a next generation because it's like uh, it. You know, not everyone that we're going to have on the podcast has kids already, but obviously in yeah. your case you have so you can consider this uh what's the best piece of advice that you have for your own kids and for ours okay so i think the best thing the best bit of advice that i can give and and what i live by now is um is don't always look at what everybody else is doing focus mm. on you focus on what you want and what you want to Ain't achieve the um and because it's so easy to look at other people and get jealous um about what they've got money luxury you know, you see all these things on Instagram is just horrendous. I'm just going to drop that in there. Um, I don't know if I was allowed to do that. I'm sorry if I have. Yeah, it's no, fine. no, no, you are absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, I just, I just think, opinion. I just think, I just think it's horrendous. I think you know, you've got all these kids now. I don't that disagree. Have such a um, a blurred view on how they yeah. need to be or how they need to act and you know how they need to look. I just think it's just it's just evil. Um, if we can yeah. stop that and just everybody focuses on how they want to be and how they can treat other people, you know that that's that, that, that's the most I want for Miles and, and and Rosie. That's you know if I if I can make sure that they do what they want to do and just be happy with themselves that then i've then i've won you know what i mean yeah yeah that's lovely man that's really really well put as well so thank you so much for for ah, sharing it's a pleasure. you know what i was just remembering bruno i think as we have guests and everything i think we need to start compiling these pieces of advice and uh, we can start putting it together i don't know if we can make it available on some sort of website later where we have everyone's piece of advice or maybe just like uh, our own personal book that has all of these but i think that would be really good what yeah yeah i would definitely love to get a book uh, out of quotes of other people and make money out of it without paying any royalties for sure i mean what but what about you janice what what would yeah, you give no advice pressure, to, to younglings no pressure uh, now uh, that you now just remember your words now may be going into a book so no pressure yeah also you cannot copy elliot's answer is no no copying no copy. <laughs> oh, i got one of google anyway so it's fine okay first of all i think a book is you know it's too mainstream we should do a series of fortune cookies you know <laughs> <laughs> these nice pieces of advice inside my advice will sound very boomer but it will be as simple as um get your eyes off that screen 
screen and touch grass because Amen. this new generation is um, every new generation is having more and more and more screen time and that's not good for you it's not good for you on a lot of um, levels and um, just touch grass really touch grass that's yeah. the best advice I can give yeah no I I get you I get you I was unfortunately when I bought my house that yeah. the the news sorry to, to cut there but no, no, I was reading recently that the news generation are basically scoring really badly on PE because they're not yeah. used to do any physical activity and I was surprised because I remember that even though I, I always been kind of like on the heavy side PE was always my my favorite subject really so yeah 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 because basically you don't need to do anything other than play <laughs> yeah, like, no, yeah go play football go play baseball whatever so i'm surprised that to hear that so it's like what you're saying rings very true and it is because i know what you mean when you say it's going to sound very boomer because everyone is just saying oh yeah touch grass but, but but it is a valuable point you know there we cannot just yeah lose the balance and and completely short yourself in and it ties really well with what elliot was saying because not only are they getting screen time, they're getting screen time on things that might not even be, let alone not beneficial, but might be detrimental for their own mental health. Like you, you grow up yeah, thinking all these absolutely. people are the standard of how life should be. And when you're too young, you don't even understand that you're just watching what what they want you to watch. You're not really watching the reality. You're You're watching what they are putting out there after hours and hours of editing their content. So I think both advice are complementing each other very well, actually. I agree. I agree. And if if I may, this this piece of advice is also it starts from us, for the from the four of us, because we are fathers, we have children, and they start being exposed to screens and media now. So. Mm. I know it's a struggle. It's a struggle. Maybe Elliot can relate more than you two because, you know, his son is of the age. But it is a struggle when you give them a finger, 20 minutes of YouTube, then they want one hour, two hours, and so on and so on and so on. Yeah, it but is difficult. <clears throat> my my approach, my rule is that uh, when my son gets screen time, is from the big telly on the wall, so he gets used to that. He needs to sit there and watch the telly, but then. Once he's away from that physical location, from that place, there's no screen. And I, basically, for me, it's a no-no to show him things on a on a mobile phone or a tablet because that means that he can have that anywhere he wants, anytime he wants. And to me, it's important yeah. that he doesn't get that. Yeah, that he that's gets a good that, that the TV is confined. The, sorry, the screen time is confined in front of the telly. As soon as you move away from the telly, you have no reason to want or think or ask for it. It's yeah, interesting no, that's, that's hearing all enough. these different techniques on on how to do it, especially because again, I don't struggle with that yet. Actually, what I've been doing, and you might find it reprehensible, and I will appreciate the the intake on on why you think that would be. Is I actually sometimes I'm relying on on screen time because, for example, the reason why I say that is uh, we found it the other day that she Nim Nim likes a, a song a lot, a, one particular song a lot, a lot, a lot, and right now she because of her cold she's struggling to eat, uh, she just doesn't like sitting down, etc., etc. 
But when we put that song, she gets like hypnotized and she gets calm and she's able to to eat. But unfortunately, that song it's it's on YouTube, so. I, I'm not saying you have to tell me how to act or anything, but what would you do in that situation? Like, what, what how do you handle that as someone that wow. has an, a kid? Because you, you have been through that. You have had sick kids. Yeah, you're yeah, older yeah. than your kids are older than ours. So how do you handle stuff like that? Well, start humming. <laughs> and, well, you know, if if it's a song, that's a that's a good point. A song. Um, doesn't have to come on a screen necessarily i would you know plug my phone to the speakers the bluetooth speakers and just broadcast the so for the you music. it's not the media itself is the the way in which the media is given so the screen is what you you don't agree with is the screen yeah i'm not saying music or radio or hearing listening to mm. things is mm -hmm. the screen because it has a completely different um, cognitive impact on, on, mm. on the um, development of, of, of children. Just imagine Massively. children, very young children, they cannot uh, process um, fast moving frames and uh, images. So like an action moving or something moving fast, they, they don't see anything, Just ju they just see it blurred. And that's why um, maybe you notice that, um, you know, cartoons and TV show for very, very young children are very slow because that's uh, supposed to be. Hmm. What about yeah, you, Do you yeah. have a, a certain rules that are similar like that? To be honest, like it's, I'm, I'm completely the opposite and I respect Yanis's way of parenting 101%. I think everybody, you just have to do what is best for you. And I mean, like I, it got to a certain degree where we were um, finding that Miles was watching television, but he would, you know, get bored quite, quite easily. Um, so we ended up speaking to a family member. They, they said, and actually, we met up with a family member. I remember now. We met up with a family member. Their son had a tablet. Um, and he was sitting there quiet as a mouse. Now, the stuff that was on the tablet was more um, games that are to... Like test mind the, games? Yeah, mind games. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. Mind games, interactive stuff. You're not, you're not just staring at a screen. Because there is times where, you know, Miles and, and, and Rosie... We'll be sitting on the sofa watching Peppa Pig. I've had we've basically had to ban Peppa Pig out of the house now because <laughs> they, they just sit there like zombies watching it. And yeah. you know, it's it's good it's good it's good to you know put it on for a little bit so you can do something important like tidying up or, or trying to sort something out to get that that time. So I think having having a tablet for that particular reason, um, so you can do something, is is quite uh, an interesting tool to have on, in in your belt, but. You know, we, we limit it very, very much so. It's not something that they're on all the time, every every day. Yeah. It's yeah. it's um, it's quite nice for for Mars because it's it's a comfort thing as well. In in the evening, we'll read him stories, but then he'll have an audio book in the background that gets him gets him to sleep. Nice. Um, well, at this point, I need to come clean. We use a tablet to show him films and stuff, but just during the <laughs> flights when we fly to and from Brighton to keep everyone, you know, in peace during the flight. But that's it. 
Yeah. It really helps though. That's the thing. Like it's yeah. the, the the thing is it is there, and some I think some some parents will use it just to. I mean, just the other day I was on the train, and I saw there was there was a, another mother, and I don't I don't like commenting on other people's way of doing yeah, things, yeah, but yeah, it was course. but it was just I, I I was I was kind of taken back because her son her son was talking to her and she was just on the phone completely ignoring, and and. They both had tablets, and she was like, you know, just be quiet, you know, play your tablet. And as much as, yeah, you could be busy or whatever it is, I just think, like, be in the moment. Make sure that they, you're looking out the window, you're saying, you know, can you see this? Can you see that? Oh, it's amazing. You know, you've got to do that with them. You've got to make sure that they know that there's a world outside of that screen. Because my my worry is, is that... I play a lot of video games and there was a time when I was younger where I would play video games all the time. World of Warcraft being one of them, I spent so many hours on that game, not going outside, not doing, <laughs> and money as well. Yeah, exactly, man. A lot yeah, of money as well. Yeah. And and, and it, I, I didn't go outside for, for weeks on end. Um, and it really affected certain parts of me. I would not go, I wouldn't go out and, and socialize. I wouldn't speak to other people. Um, I would resent my mum and dad because they would be like, you know, you need to get off that game. But that game was all I wanted to do. Um, yeah. And they didn't understand what I thought was right at the time. So there's lots well, of different things that I've been through it. So I want to yeah. make sure that for Rosie and Miles, that it's in mediation, you have those boundaries, you set those boundaries. I think yeah. that's, that's the most important bit is just everything needs to be in moderation and at times you have to find what works for you. I think I think that there's no right or wrong answer. I don't think no, that, so. you know, your kids are not going to, you know, they're not going to be stupid if they just use screens and they're not going to be super smart if they just touch grass. But at the same time, they do need to have rules and they do need to have moderation. So the most important thing for me is kind of what you were saying, Elliot. It's just like you need to know when you using it to help you and you're you're using it as a crutch like giving them a tablet just to have 20 minutes while you're taking a shower or whatever kind of okay um leaving them two hours because it's convenient definitely not so it's just kind of like exactly it can't replace you it can help you but it can't replace you and i do think that it should be limited as much as possible outside of like the big screen and everything because i do take yeah that's this point in terms of they can't learn that they have it available anywhere so maybe it could be limited to like trips let's say that you're going on a car trip okay it's a car trip but you know it's specific for that purpose um and not just like anywhere on the house like if you're in the house use it on the screen or use it only in the room or only in the living room etc um but uh just in the interest of moving on so there's an, the next question is something that you've kind of already answered but uh we like to ask it of everyone so we're not going to make an exception for you to um so just very briefly um and you can repeat what you said before what's the nerdiest thing about you and we, you can go first again is what's the nerdiest thing you, about you um, the nerdiest thing about me is um, the uh, self-thought uh, attitude I have, which, you know, I learn how to uh, dismantle and assemble computers just by myself. Mm. I learn how to Preach. play guitar amazing, and, um, and uh, you know, um, tinker with a guitar gear, electric guitar, of course. But I think my peak nerdy face uh, was when I was like learning to play guitar I was really into it I was 13 years old 
13, 14, and um, I, in a, a summer trip with my father, we went to Greece, just the two of us, and I brought with me just a very small luggage, because I needed to bring my electric guitar and a portable uh, virtual amp and uh, soldering the uh, iron and and all the stuff you you know you used to solder and um, basically wow. screws and um, all that stuff because yeah I didn't have much money to spend on that stuff on that gear for a guitar so I was getting second hand third hand stuff and sometimes it was half broken and I needed to fix it and the, wow. the, the cable was coming off and I needed to solder it so I was like um, yeah that was my my peak nerd nerdy moment maybe. Cool. Nice. But it, clearly, I, I, I learned a lot of things. I learned, you know, and, and the attitude of not, not giving up, not let it go, and always finding a solution, um, improvising a solution. A bit of a MacGyver, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, our kids won't know what MacGyver is, but uh, I think we still do. <laughs> and, and you, Elliot, what do you say is the nerdiest thing about you? The nerdiest thing about me, I think, I, about me, I've, I, I can think of a situation which was the nerdiest thing I've ever done. If that's okay. if that's okay. okay. So yeah. the, nerd, the nerdiest thing that I've ever done, um, I was really into Naruto Shippuden um, when I was I was probably just under eighteen, and I started reading it, the manga, and I was absolutely addicted. Um, went out and got the tattoo um, of. Um, Sasuke, oh, yeah. the curse seal. Oh my Shut back. up! Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had got, the that curse mark. got that done. Yeah. That was my Shut first tattoo. Up. That was first, my first tattoo, and my mum came with me because um, I was so nervous. <laughs> and the funny thing was, is that the girl, the girl that did my tattoo, I knew from school. Um, she was in a year above me, but she was in. She was really into art and stuff, and we used to talk on lunch breaks. And uh, she, she really got on with my mum. She ended up doing my mum's uh, tattoo, like just literally saying to mum, "Do you want a tattoo? I'll do you. I'll do you a tattoo as well." Um, but that's not even the nerdiest thing. The nerdiest thing is I went full Naruto, and two days after getting a tattoo, I dyed my hair um, oh my bleach, God. bleach blonde. Um, and spiked it up like like amazing. Naruto. Yeah. Tell me there's yeah. pictures. That is amazing. Tell me there's Please pictures. No one knew. And nobody knew. No one knew. They just thought that I I had this like uh, that, that I was into pop punk and that was that was a thing. But deep down, you know, I knew why I did it. <clears throat> I wanted to be, you know, the Hokage. We yeah. the Hokage. I wanted to be part of the leaf. <laughs> I have, we haven't touched on Naruto before, Bruno. But I, yeah, I was very much into Naruto as well before. I mean, clearly not as much as Elliot, and that is amazing. <laughs> and I hope there are pictures uh, because I think that my we life need to will put it in the resources. I'm sure I can dig. I'm sure I can dig one out. To be fair, I think I've got, actually got one as well. So I'll send that over there. Amazing. I need. And is the tattoo still visible as well? Oh yeah, or it's on it's on it's it's so it's so visible. Like it's it's on my shoulder blade, um, on my left amazing. left shoulder blade. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, can I add something? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Uh, the the theme of the episode is uh, MMO RPG, and I just remember something very very nerdy as well. Oh, can, tell uh, tell. All right. Tell. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I've been uh, the vice guild master of an Italian guild on. Ultima Online, um, oh, the yeah. first MMORPG of, of of the internet. Basically, it was I don't know if you guys have ever played it, but it was free. Oh yes, yeah. 
2D. It was very, very basic in terms of graphics, but it was all about uh, human interaction online. It was, it was really, really fun. And I think that's that's um, nowadays you can yeah, you can boast that as a very nerdy thing. How long did Definitely. you last there being their their guildmaster, man? Sorry. Or How long did you last there being their guildmaster? Oh uh, no, it was vice guildmaster. Oh, okay, okay. Pardon, pardon. How long was it? Couple of years until um, Dark Age of Camelot came out, and um, everyone left. <laughs> Ultima Online. I'm just having a look at the screenshots now, um, and it looks incredible. I, it reminds yeah. me of a game called Legend of Mir. I don't know if you ever played that. No, no. Yeah, but it looks yeah, really you good. Can imagine, you you don't mess around a lot with graphics and the gameplay and stuff. It was more about chatting and yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the social side of playing. Yeah. yeah. So is it like a chat room Best essentially? No, oh, I mean it was a role play, but less focus on grinding <laughs> on. The, the, you know, the shiny, flashy lights. Right, it was right, like, right. A, if I remember correctly, because I may be wrong, but I, rem I think I remember, and it basically was an evolution of uh, forums RPGs. So you write stories about like what you guys doing, and it's a social interaction. It's basically like a, a non-quest MMO. You, you have a second life, yeah. and you live, and you have your friends yeah. there, yeah. but you don't go around yeah. questing and grinding. It's just, no. you... No. Basically, it's like an evolution of play pretend, but online. Yeah, okay. I mean, there was there was still a degree of of grinding in terms of you had skills to grind. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah, you yeah, had yeah. the crafting skills. You had to improve. There was um, PvP, so you had dungeons, but there was no like questing and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know the quests. They were really really limited, like once or twice a year when the the game masters would do and they were like a big social event like um you know those festivals that are going around on mmorpg right now there's one right now in um, uh, elder scrolls online um but you know they uh, when when we had quests they were much more felt it wasn't like your daily grind was there was there any big beefs with other other guilds was there any dramas oh, big yes. dramas Absolutely, yes, Elliot. I'm glad you asked this, because most of the players in the guilds, they were based in Rome, and I know for a fact that sometimes these peeps, they were spilling into real life, and really? were actually beating each other in the street. Because no. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that is incredible. That is incredible. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You know, at the, at the beginning, the first MMORPG, you know. It's... You have to represent... <laughs> yeah, also, you know, it's, it's uh, where the, the old life ends and the new life begins in terms of um, social life. You know, the old school interactions and the internet interactions, they kind of blend in. There's no a, like a clear cut between the pre-internet and the post-internet era. It's, it was very blurry. And then so you would beat someone on the screen and then you would beat them on the street. <laughs> it looks like it went on for 15 years. So from 1997 to 2012 is oh, when... There's surely there's still some server running somewhere. There's, there's probably some definite, yeah, some definite some private servers kicking about somewhere. <laughs> yeah, just one guy with his friends or something just kicking <laughs> yeah. up in, in one private server just for the like six of them or something like that. No, that, that was really, really good. Um, 
Cool. Yeah. Um, anything you want to add, Bruno? Or... Well, I think you and I have already spoken to length about what makes us nerdy, uh, don't yeah. we? Uh, but yeah. just to talk about nerdy experiences now, just to share something that I haven't. Let me think, because I don't want to be upstage, you know? I didn't have, <laughs> like, I wasn't a vice guildmaster in one of the first ever MMOs. I didn't have, I didn't get my first anime tattoo. I mean, my first tattoo wasn't an anime tattoo. So I'm just trying to think, but... Um, uh, dang, no, no, I really can't think of anything. You can't oh, top it. I can't, yeah, no, I can't top it, but I can say I remember the first time I dressed for Halloween properly, like myself, not like you go with your parents and buy a, a, a costume in like the supermarket and everything. Yeah. I, I did cosplay, and I actually remember that it was a, a big oops because the character had white hair, and I was such a dummy dum-dum that I grabbed like proper wall paint and I dipped my hair on it. It looked oh awesome, and it took the... like three days to take it off. <laughs> Luckily, it yeah, was a water-based paint, but yeah, no, do no. don't, don't recommend it. Don't dip your <laughs> your hair in, in paint, people. It's not good. You're lucky it wasn't oh, Gorilla Glue. <laughs> yeah. That is incredible. So, okay, well, I can't leave this now without telling like a very nerdy story about myself, so I'll keep it brief. Um, it, it is also related to Naruto, which is why I was so surprised by that, Elliot. Yes. Um, but it was uh, basically I was one of the administrators on an online forum where people did... Uh, rpg of naruto by post by forum post so it was like uh, you would write yes. another, uh, you would write a post and you'd go like oh i'm going to this place and then i'm going to do this mission and i played the hokage and i played i put the missions and what people had to do and then people had different sections for the different villages and people were on the other different villages and it was that's all so cool and everything <laughs> i love yeah, that's that one i absolutely that. love that that's one way of putting it, yeah. <laughs> that's incredible, Pedro. That's how long were you? How long were you Hokage for? Did you get overthrown by anyone? <laughs> I think we were in that forum for a few months. It, you know, it didn't take brilliant. off that much. But I, I reckon like a little under a year is how long I was there for. And uh, that's but yeah, that was Yeah, yeah, it was good fun. It was good fun. I, I think like at that time, forums were very, very popular. Cool. Yeah, before Facebook, yeah. Yeah. yeah, before Facebook, yeah, yeah, exactly, and before Reddit and all of that. Yeah, what, um, b back when you could person. Oh, I, that's another nerdy thing. I'm pretty sure most of us did. We learn HTML just so that you could pimp your MySpace page. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that true. is a very good shout. Remember you, Mr. Hacker? Code, yeah, coding and <laughs> adding the songs and then making them invisible so that other people cannot turn it off. And oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Pepperidge yeah, exactly. Farm remembers. Just moving on to something slightly different then. Uh, obviously, you know, and you can tell both of your perspectives because both of them will be interesting. But when it comes to working here in the UK, do you remember what was your first job in the UK? Whether in your case, Elliot, is because you were just starting your professional life or in your case, Yann, is because you were moving over here. What was your first job? Um, I will start. Um, my first job here came... Um, roughly a month, a month and a half after I moved and from that famous co uh, couch I was sending thousands of famous emails couch. every day. 
Yeah, yes, where he parked. Sleeping. Remember the uh, the, the oh, hostel saver. Right, yes, exactly. Right, okay. But the, the perks of the couch was that my two friends were also like coaching me in finding a job because they were job hopping and at that time so they told me they told me how the the british recruiters think what they want how to approach them so unlike you guys i had someone you know helping and guiding me and giving tips which was great and i in a month a month and a half i found a job um, my job, well, my first job was like a medical emergency assistance coordinator in a travel insurance mm. company, very small company, extremely small company. We were just like the emergency team. Um, the pay was, was not good. The shifts were, were hard. Sometimes I had to be on call all night. But um, it, I lasted only six months, but I need to say that was very important, that job. It was, yeah. for me, a way to step into the insurance industry. And I am still working in the insurance industry. And I think, um, I need to say, if I found the other jobs, better jobs after this one, it was exactly because of this um, first yeah. experience. So I didn't have to work in bars on a re an accommodation or, you know, in um, catering in the reception industry. Absolutely not. Um, I am really grateful about that. And yes. I, the only reason why I found this job was that I was speaking um, foreign languages back then and they needed people that would speak uh, more than one foreign language. And wow. that helped me a lot, really helped me a lot. Yeah. Yeah, um, sometimes the the worst experiences are also the most important because it's what you're saying. And I think that Bruno and I can relate to that as well when we were talking about jobs. And it's like sometimes you have to go through kind of a worse period, uh, but in order for you to have the basis to then move on to something better. So just, just before Elliot uh, responds from his perspective, just one quick question. Your picture on CV, did you know that you had to have it or that you couldn't have it? What was your perspective? Me? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah my, as I said, my, my friends here, they were hosting me. They were also helping me to you okay. know, get past of these big blunders. But so, you didn't know before. But you was came. it a surprise to you? Because Pedro and I were saying how surprised we were that you couldn't put your picture in your CV when we first moved here. So did you knew that already before coming over or was that something that just uh, took you by surprise like it did us? To be honest, I always refused to put my picture on a CV even back in Italy and that oh, was never you. a problem. So, you know, I said, all right, you. even better. Here, I need to remove also my date of birth and my nationality and um, this kind of information that are not really relevant for uh, for applying to a job also the law around here Perfect. yeah nice nicely done thanks what about you elliot what was oh. your first job so my first job was being a lifeguard um at a swimming what? pool yeah get out of here <laughs> at a really pool. yeah 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 there was a swimming pool close to brighton it's in hove i won't name it but uh it's uh it's a bit of a dive um i worked there when i was <sighs> yeah just turned 16 and um it was only a couple of days in when um, I was on poolside and one of the guys that I used to work with um, actually works in pool for now. Um, uh, Sam, Sam, if you know him, 
No way. Mm. So I used to work with Sam um, as a lifeguard, and I always thought Sam was like he was. He was always chatting. He wasn't really um, paying much attention to the pool, which he was supposed to do, of course. But and then one day I was I was um, I was working in the in the um, so like they do rotations. So every every half an hour you rotate and you go different places in the pool, different areas. Um, yeah. And yeah, we would see you'd see people going from different things there, uh, different places, and I would be out out in the changing rooms. And I remember going on poolside, looking in the middle of the pool and just seeing these bubbles coming up. And Sam and whoever it was at the time um, were chatting away, just completely oblivious. And I just I just blowed a whistle. I just jumped straight in, pulled the guy wow. up. Wow! So you be... actually you actually had to do it. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy had been under the water for like ten minutes. They hadn't got a clue. They ain't, they were just chatting, not even looking. Wow! <laughs> what's going on? But <laughs> do you know what? I said to myself, I, I always thought, oh, do you know what? He, that this Sam bloke, he's he, you know. But I tell you what, I wouldn't have had anybody else there. I'd rather he as soon as as soon as it happened, he was on it. He was on it. There was no right, messing right, around. Right, right. Like we got that guy in the recovery position. Um, we worked on him. Um, we did CPR on him for about ten minutes. Managed to get him back, which was crazy. Um, and uh, he went from a bright purple colour to you know, normal. Started coming back properly to a normal, normal, normal colour. But um, yeah, we 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 had his wife come in and thank us. We had the the, the mayor of Hove and Brighton and Hove come in. Wow, look at that. Really? Yeah, that was crazy, man. And I was That's only really, I was really really quite young, but um but such yeah, a rich history. I'm, like I'm such known. a rich Yeah, weird, I mean you you've weird. done it all, haven't you? It's weird that, you know, all of when I started, you know, I met I met Sam and now where I work at the moment in, in health insurance was just so far away from from that particular role, you know. Yeah. He's he's there. Um so it's it's quite interesting. But yeah, that was my first job. It was well paid. The management was awful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, it was awful. Um, you know, they, they, yeah, it was just, it was good. It was a good starter. Do you know what I mean? So, see, see, you're talking about this, and uh, because Yanis and Bruno were calling out Stranger Things before, all I can picture now is you as a lifeguard for like that guy in Stranger Things. Um, so, that's all <laughs> I can picture. Sorry. <laughs> no, the outfit, the outfit was. Um, wasn't anything like that unfortunately it wasn't, it wasn't right. no it was it no. was awful yeah <laughs> no well i i had shorts but they weren't short shorts but the problem was it was so hot in there um it, and it was just a, such a grimy job as well you know you had you had fl um, floaters in the pool um for anybody that don't know doesn't know what a yeah, floater is no, um, no, i won't no, go into too no. much detail but um <laughs> but you had, to, you had to scoop them out with a huge net um it was, it, and it was just the people that you'd have coming in as well. Just the clientele. It was just awful oh fighting and, and stuff, and cockroaches everywhere. It was horrendous. Like there was oh a certain time of the evening when the pool was empty and you were going around cleaning and everything, and there was just cockroaches everywhere. And when I say cockroaches, we're not talking about like it will be cockroaches. We're talking about co cockroaches you'd see like abroad, somewhere wow. very very hot. Yeah, they're huge things. And the, Quite and the worst an thing was you, you couldn't step on them either because if you did, you'd end up bringing something home with you and oh, <laughs> your whole house God. would be covered in them. So you just had to flip flops all the time. <laughs> so not as glamorous as they make it, as they made it out to be in Stranger Things. Then. 
or or Baywatch, no, no, not or Baywatch, yeah, or yeah, Baywatch. It was really sweaty, very hot, <laughs> and uh, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Cool. Uh, so, um, coming to the last part of the things that we want to to cover here um, is about you know your partner and starting a family. You know the part of actually being fathers and everything. So uh, obviously, you know, both each of you are with your uh, partners. Uh, so the question is, um, how did you meet and uh, what was it like starting a family with them? So so kind of around that. You can get a bit sappy if you want, or if you don't want, don't get sappy. Uh, but how was it for you guys? Well, I will start because um, earlier. Um... I mentioned we we talked ben, um, briefly about hostels and how my experience didn't have an hostel involved. Okay. Uh, but actually, now the hostel comes in basically. So um, after a few months here being Brighton, my my Italian friends, one of my Italian friends, he, um, you know, he was dating with a woman that she was owning a hostel in Brighton. And the, the seafront and uh, he he came one day and he told us guys on the first day they do big parties there's plenty of girls plenty plenty of birds you should definitely come and we were like a group large group of italians and um, you know it was summer so okay let's raid this place and <laughs> we went there basically harassing every single female in the place but there was one that was um she was like um, escaping you know avoiding us and stuff so at some point me and another friend filippo we we had to corner her and we started to talk and then <laughs> this is how i met my future wife basically uh, then we started dating and uh, things like that but she she she's not british she's mexican so she hey just like the other a, guy yeah exactly <laughs> so she was here like a volunteer visa so it was a it was a, the first couple of years it was a struggle because she had to take another volunteer visa just to stay here with me and then we had to marry and then do the actual visa application so basically the first two three years of our relationship we have to sweat it a lot to be together and at wow. some point at some point we finally received the, the, the five-year visa for her we moved to a house um, together and that kind of you know felt good because for a year she was living in Canterbury where she was um, doing this volunteer project that would guarantee her a visa so every weekend she would come here or I would come to I would go oh. to Canterbury so yes I had to sweat it we had to sweat it a lot um, so all these things considered we're still together still in love and it was definitely worth it so you know all the things came natural after a couple of years we said yeah let's start looking um, start you know speaking with them um, what's the name of that bird that be brings you the kids in the oh the stork yeah 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 the stork let's let's start calling the stork booking the next delivery and things like that so here we are basically <laughs> almost 10 years after wow wow so you know Canterbury well. Do you like it? Yeah, I know Canterbury well. Uh, it's an impressive town that has a, a very remarkable thing as an Italian. has has like a high street where people walk up and down, which is very unusual here in the UK. And then I realized that was designed by the Romans, so it kind of makes sense to me now. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. 
what about well, you, that's it. Ah, so this, this is my um, <clears throat> my origin story, I guess, in a way. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like it. Yeah. So, I went from being a, a lifeguard to another lifeguard, um, and then to another lifeguard at a very posh hotel in Brighton, one of the poshest on the seafront. And okay. um, I absolutely loathed it. I hated it. And I, at the time, I was living in Brighton um, with a friend of mine. And he went, you know, I, I've got a couple of friends at work in retail. I'm sure they can get you a job. Oh, no, do you know what? Sod it. I'm going to do it. It's just, you know, I, I like clothes anyway. So I was like, yeah, hey, might as well give it a go. And um, at that time, I hadn't really been in a proper relationship. It would, it's just kind of going, meeting girls and just fooling around. Nothing too crazy. Um, and any of the girls that I did really fall for, they kind of just buyed me off. So I had was that, it because of the Sasuke uh, tattoo or it totally was yeah yeah they just weren't into... <laughs> <laughs> they weren't into bad they guys, weren't uncultured you know? <laughs> they did they did like they didn't like bad guys <laughs> um, yeah no they it was just what it's young young people yeah not knowing what love is and and for me as well I always I always and even to this day I wear my heart on my sleeve so. Being yeah. a young lad and there being a situation where I would be like, oh, you know, like I really like you or something. It wasn't, it wasn't exactly, um, it just, it, the girls would just be put off by that. So for me, I was just, I had this thought, I was just like, oh, you know what, I'm sick of being so nice to people. And I kind of, when I started, when I started working in the retail, uh, in the shop, I had this view of like, oh, I just can't be bothered. I'm just gonna not. I'm not really gonna get in any relationships. I don't really want to do anything. I'm just gonna fool around, just have fun, and kind of. And be that's a bit when more, it happens. And be a bit more, bit more of a bad boy, and not so, not be so nice. Um, and I remember going up to the stockroom um, to take a check, um, and um, and coming back down. It was my first day, and I was late. I ran, I'm, actually I'll go back so it's my first day I ran in I was late I was late I, went, I ran downstairs and there was this girl on the till and I was I'm so sorry I'm late um, there was an issue getting over here the trains whatever it was and I just remember this girl looking at me like who the hell are you like what, <laughs> what are you on about um, and that would then turn out to be Alice my now wife and um, a couple of days after that I met, like this goes back to the, what I was just saying just a minute ago when I went up to the stock room and um, she was in floods of tears, and I was one of those people. I would just, oh. be, like, I would just be like, you know, everything all right? You know, what's what's going on? Um, I, there's some people that probably would have just like walked past and been like, oh my god, what a freak! <laughs> She's crying. Sure, <laughs> what's yeah, going yeah, on? Yeah. But I was, I was, I was like, you know, I, I think, you know, what's going on? Um, and I asked her, and this guy was messing her around, and uh, yeah, just playing her, um, just not really being a, a nice person, and using her in a way I guess and um, and I, I just felt really sorry for the girl I was just like you know what like I feel how you're I felt how you're feeling now for the past couple of months because of the way that I've been in relationships and stuff and not had stuff reciprocated or people have just you know, gone cold turkey on me for no reason and I've had that feeling of you know I'm, I'm just I'm not good enough and you know, I've got to reinvent myself to try and please somebody or something like that. And we started talking, and um, 
and yeah, it was her birthday a couple of days later, and I said, you know, I'll take you out for a drink. Do you want to go out for a drink? And we got on really, really well, and it kind of went from there, really. But uh, the That's the problem lovely. was the problem was was this guy. Um, he was still trying to like wriggle his way back in, and um, I remember I was DJing at the time, and uh, I. I said to Alice, I-, I can DJ your birthday party. She's like, yeah, that's amazing, wicked, let's do that. And there was a, there was a little bar down on the bottom of, um, down right on the bottom of Bond Street in Brighton, where she had it. And this guy was there. And, um, <laughs> and this the whole guy night was there. I was, this, this guy was there. She invited him. Obviously, they were friends anyway. But um, this guy was there, and he was kind of wrapping his arm around her and, like talking Ooh. in her ear and stuff and i'm getting i'm getting stupid jealous like i'm like oh this guy and not just that i was getting i was getting angry at alice as well i was thinking like this girl like she's 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 really like into me i can get vibes from her i was like she, she obviously likes me but she's still hung up on this guy and um and my friend was like do you know what just sack her off like don't worry about it man just come out come out drinking with us after and i got really angry i was just like yeah like screw her i'm whatever <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with girls, whatever, and that was it. And she came up to me after, like just before the just before uh, the night ended at the party, and she was like, "Are you coming out afterwards? I can't wait to see you." Da da da. I'm like, "I bet you." And then, like, then my voice in my head was like, "I bet you can't." Like, <laughs> I mean, like, she, I, was, I was just getting so angry. And then um, I went out, and uh, I went drinking with a friend, and I was like, "Do you know what? I'm not feeling. It. I'm going to get cab home." And I would, I've already been ignoring her phone call, so she's called me like five or six times. Um, and I get a phone call from one of my friends who I also work with at the, you know, within in the in the clothes shop, and he's like, Alice is in floods of tears, man. She's so upset, like. And I was just like, oh, do you know what? Put her on the phone. I was like, put her on the phone. I'll talk to her. And I was just like, she's like, where are you? What are you? you know, really like slurring away. I was like, where are you? I'm so, I really want to see you. <laughs> and all this, and I'm like, oh yeah, I bet you really want to see me. You know, getting all cuddly with that guy. And no, 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 And I was just like, I let her have it, man. Like both barrels. I was like, you're just like oh, every other girl that, that I've been with. You know, just messing me around. And I was like, I'm down by this. I'm down by the taxi rank. Like I'm leaving. Like I'm going home. And I got in the cab and we and I, we just got in the cab. I pulled the door to and bearing in mind, she, she had quite a, a large friendship group at that time. We're talking like 50 people out like on, on the town um, for her birthday. And um, we're driving past where she was in the club. And all of a sudden, <laughs> the door just goes, like comes open and she jumps in the cab. Um, and I'm like, what the hell are you wow. doing? Like, what are you doing? She's like, she's like, I don't care. Like, I don't care about anybody. Like, I don't care about the party. Like, I don't care about all that lot. I just want to, just want to come, come back with you. And oh. that was the part where I was just like, if she was willing to leave everybody and, and you know, it's her birthday. Like she's left everybody. She's come home with me and I've been really miserable <laughs> and all this stuff. And, you know, she's, she's willing to do that. Then obviously she does really like me. So yeah. Wow. And then nine well 10 no it's blimey it's like 12 years now 12 years later married with two kids so yeah so it worked out in the end well my longest relationship prior to this was three weeks so i think i'm doing all right (laughs) (laughs) wow Wow. yeah yeah that's that's quite a story i can't help but think the uh the cab guy he was just there like this this woman just jumped in the cab what do i do (laughs) i think we were both really shocked i was just like yeah yeah
<laughs> Maybe he still tells that story about like, oh, this this one time uh, I had this couple in the the car and yeah <laughs> yeah man I, i'd like to think that he did i mean he heard everything that we said to each other in the car and how she was like you know <laughs> nothing's happening with the guy he heard everything bro so you know he probably that's does funny. that's funny that's funny it's, it's it's a lovely story it's a lovely story cool and uh, i guess last question for both of you is just how do you think that your life has changed since you've had kids obviously there's a lot of changes but what, how do you see your life uh, having changed after you had your kids well, I will. I will start. Yeah, I've, of course, has changed upside down. Um, waking up at 6 a.m. Whereas a few years before, I was going to sleep at 6 a.m. <laughs> besides these tiny details, it, what has changed a lot in, is in terms of perspective. Um, much less self-centered. I. Um, I really put my son above everything else sometimes and I shouldn't do it even above my my own well-being but in terms of also long-term perspective I I have a, a long-term perspective now I'm thinking about financially about his family about his connections about the social life and his you know the, the, the connections with his um, family which is abroad and how he uh, could maintain that um, that those bonds you know with, yeah. with, with, with our very internationally scattered family um, so yes that, that has changed a lot it gave me a perspective that I, I never had before and um, and it made a big difference so far. And let's say it's an experience that has changed me uh, deeply and um, in the better, I like to think. So, um, yeah, that's, well, that's the that's, idea, that's, isn't that's it? it? Yeah. And you, Elliot? It's, <clears throat> it's changed me completely. Um, I was a massive party boy when I was younger. Um, I never wanted kids. I never wanted to be in a relationship. I just wanted to have... You know, I just wanted to have fun constantly and party. Um, and I'd ne I, you know, if I could go back in time in in a in a time machine and meet myself back in the day and be like, you know, this is where you're at now, I wouldn't believe it. I just I just wouldn't because that's not what I that's not what I wanted. Um, my first my firstborn was planned. Um, me and Alice tried for ages, and he he was conceived. Um, our, our our little girl Rosie. Um, was a pleasant surprise a pleasant surprise she was not she wasn't planned but you know i think it's changed me for the better because i i'm looking at i'm making sure that everything that i'm doing i'm doing for them whereas before it was me and we're just doing me and alice were just doing everything for us um and it isn't easy having kids i think anybody that says it's easy is is lying um there's a there's no way to describe it it's just it's a complete whirlwind um so you know there's there's just so many ups and downs and you can take everything that you think you know and you think that would be the best thing and just rip it up like literally take that say that bit of paper with everything on it and just rip it up because yeah there's no there's no answer to any of it and you find yourself just kind of going on autopilot half the time um but there is huge ups and huge downs. Um, there'll be times where you'll feel really guilty. Um, and to anybody listening, if you are starting up 
you know starting to have a new family or you're wondering um, about it there will be times where you feel guilty for doing things saying things to your children and you know taking time for yourself as well um, like Yanis said as well like you'll find that you'll, you'll put yourself sometimes above uh, you'll put your kids above yourself even um, yeah and plenty of times isn't it sh- exactly but the times that you do put yourself first you shouldn't feel guilty about that at all um, because as much as you're a father as much as you're a mother as much as you're um, you know a guardian of those children you're still very much your own person as well and I think that yeah I've I've learned that through being a father is that I am still Elliot and that's a very important thing to have as well because I've got friends of mine that have just lost themselves um, they're just they don't do anything they don't go anywhere they just stay inside and and they're just parents and they're absolutely miserable and you just think like you're still you're still yourself you're still that you've still got that spirit that's you have to be you have to well the thing is you also need to take care of yourself so you can take care of someone else if you don't take care of yourself yeah you cannot take care of someone else Peter. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was gonna say. You, in order for you to take care of yourself, you need—I mean, of others—you need to make sure you're taking care of yourself. Self-care is important, guys. You heard it here first. Yeah, exactly. And and, and mental you, health is health. Don't, and for you guys as well, it. to literally—you, uh, I'm just saying it now. You guys are incredible. Like every single oh. one. Of you. No, 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 no. Because because you have done something that some people would be either way too afraid to do they would think about all of the negatives and none of the positives um and you've gone somewhere completely new not known anything like about that place well you know certain things about the place but what a journey and then and then to start a family as well on top of that it's just amazing like it's incredible it's an amazing thing um and i want to make sure that miles and rosie experience and and really do take everything uh, you know as much as they can and experience it and go everywhere and that's that's what i want i don't want them to be stuck um because the uk is a lovely place don't get me wrong but there's so much of this there's, there's a wider world out there with so many things yeah. going on and so many different places so many different you know things cultures and 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 everything and i just don't want them to think i just don't want them to be narrow-minded because there's a lot of people in the uk um that are very narrow-minded um and it is so unfortunate because places like brighton for example are so welcoming um i don't know how you feel about that Yanis. like when you first came to brighton mate but yeah you know when i was younger you would go out into town and you could go into town without any friends and by the end of the night you would have made like God knows how many. So, but know. that's the power of alcohol, Elliot, <laughs> and, and a lot of other things as well. But we won't go into that. But no, I, I, I honestly think that there's there's parts of the UK and there's parts of it um, that are like that, and that's what I love about it. But for me, like I said from the from the very beginning, I, I would love to emigrate. I would love to do it. 
Um, the only thing that's stopping me is Alice. <laughs> it's her fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, 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 I get what you mean. Her, you know, she brings up some very good points, and I think that yeah. uh, when we speak about like me and Bruno and Yanis, we all went through that kind of experience, and it, it is not easy. So, you know, it's not for everyone, and it's not easy to gen- leave things, leave people behind. And you know, Yanis uh, was saying that one of his friends went back uh, and everything, and especially what you have to consider as well is that from our cultures our cultures are very centered around family and around like yeah. traditional values and everything so it's it's quite difficult to do that so you know i completely get where alice is coming from yeah. uh, in terms of not wanting to do it or being uh, you know it's difficult and i think it's even more difficult after you have kids and i'm not saying that yeah, to discourage you because if you do no. want to go you do you go you know but it is it certainly adds a new layer to it Oh, it's more sure. responsibilities, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, because you don't want to deprive them. One thing is to travel yourself and see how you handle your family relationships, and the other one is to impose that on a kid. So now move yeah. to a different place when they don't speak your language, when you don't have your family that you've grown accustomed to. So there's no no weakness in saying no. I want to stay here, especially because you can also consider that based on our stories we all three move out trying to improve our life you know but if she feels that there's nothing to gain then why was the reason for moving yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. exactly but well i wish you good luck anyway i hope you uh, manage to at least spend some time in barcelona or australia oh, or both i will get out there at some point um i've had a lot of friends <laughs> that have gone gone on holiday with their kids and they said that they need another holiday after it so we will <laughs> we will see we will see but uh but yeah no I'm, i can't wait to to see what happens and get the kids out there we're trying to we're trying to do um we're trying to do some some sort of park uh, some sort of park at, or take take them abroad somewhere at some point but at the moment um you know it's it's stuff that's closer to home at the moment just purely money wise but we'll get there at some point yeah for sure well it feels like we just scratched the surface didn't we yeah barely scratched the surface it's a really nice place to to cut it but at the same time i think we're gonna have to do the same thing that we did with with our friends guest our first guest and they say please guys if we could get you to say here in the episode that you're going to come back because there's so much more to <laughs> no touch. Pressure. There's oh, so mate, much more it. that we need to touch. Yeah, the, for example, I want to know that they, like I want to get an idea of what it's gonna be because your kids are older and you, Elliot, you have two. You have the boy and the girl, and you, Yanis, you're like me. You have two nationalities. So I wanted to ask you which one do you identify more? How are you gonna raise the kids? So there's so much more that we can still touch on. So if if you don't mind, I would like to formally invite you to come back and and record yes. another episode with us. Oh yeah, for sure. Gently. Would for love sure. to, gently. Brilliant. Do you uh, do you want to close us off, uh, Bruno? Perfect. Yeah. So well, uh, as always, just uh, anything relevant that we consider is it's important or or even a bit fun to put in the in the resources will be in the in the episode. We are uh, updating our social media. We have Twitter now, so you can follow us on Twitter now. We have Facebook and Twitter. Um, and probably more by the time you're listening to this. Probably not. We don't know. Uh, as always, if you can please uh, rate and leave a, a review and share. This really does help the the episode grow. And send us more feedback. We've been getting good feedback. We're, we're planning a, a good session to... 
to a review of the feedback that we've been getting. So I don't know why I got stuck there. And <laughs> uh, well, I, I normally this is where I do my my shameless self plug. But as I'm being reminded, before I even got the chance to say it, I was gonna say that thank you so much for for the guest to to come over because it's really things like this that mar make it as the flavor you know we always said that this was going to be for our kids but our kids at the end of the day just know us already so the more they can know about everything the better and at the same time it's also a tool for us to grow so thank you so much for for taking your time to coming yeah. and, and sharing your experiences with us or being so candid about it I, I really do appreciate your time guys and if you want to do a shameless self-plug now is the moment because i'm about to do mine so anything that you guys want to say before i i shamelessly promote my my things i just want to say thank you for for having having me here having i think i speak for elliot too uh, we're really grateful it's, it's been it's been a great uh opportunity guys um i'm not saying better than seeing ourselves in in real life but adds another dimension to the whole experience and thank you again great you elliot thank you so much for having us guys sorry i had a bit of a frog in my throat then um <laughs> but no thank you so much for having us it's been amazing um it's really important that us fathers stick together um because you know through ups and downs it isn't easy and if you have a close net circle like us then you're lucky but if you don't you know you can listen to that you can listen to to the podcast um and, and listen to what Pedro and Bruno have got to say because it all adds up at the end. They know what they're doing. They're going through it just like everybody else. And nobody's <laughs> perfect, but, you know, we all go through it. Thank you, man. Anything you guys want to promote? Any social media you are? Any businesses you want to, to shout I out there? Yanis needs to promote his own guild, isn't it, in Ultima Online? Yeah. He's a, <laughs> he's a oh new guild God. master in Elder Scrolls Online now. Uh, no, no, no. But uh, just remember, while we were talking, that guild was a male-only guild, and we were role-playing <laughs> as um, homosexual monks. Uh, there you go. I'm not gonna have there you go. It. You got the inside scoop. That is amazing. That is amazing. Scoop, I love it. I love it. What yeah. a way to end the episode. That is amazing. <laughs> It go. was absolutely lawful good. We were hitting on the bad guys, but we were absolutely... But you were also bad. hitting on the good guys. <laughs> <Ew. Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. And I'll see you guys later. Much Bye. love. Bye. Bye. Much love, guys. Bye.